This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Catitude. I'm your show host, Michelle Fern. It's holiday time. Yay! And I have with me a special guest that has compiled a book of true stories all about cats and Christmas. I love the book. It was so adorable. And just anyone who loves cats and holidays will love this book. So we're going to talk to the editor. We'll be right back after this message. Molly, here's your dinner. (laughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to welcome Callie Smith-Grant. She is the author and editor of The Cat and the Christmas Tree. Welcome, Callie. Hi. I'm glad to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So, this book is a collection of short stories about cats and Christmas. Why did you decide to create this book? This is, I think, my 10th anthology of true stories about animals. And at some point, it seemed right to go to Christmas. And I adore cats. And I knew that, uh, you know, there's nothing like a cat at Christmas. I mean, dogs are wonderful at Christmas, too. So are horses. But there's something unique about cats when they they think that whole holiday is about themselves anyway. So I put the word out. Does anyone have a true, interesting, fun, quirky, sweet story about their cat at Christmas? And that is the result is this book. And the subtitle is, And Other True Stories of Feline Joy and Merry Mischief. An adorable picture of... Oh, yeah. I think they really knocked it out of the park with that picture. Yeah, so cute. So how did your own cats inspire this book? And I know they inspired a story, so if you can share that too. It inspired... They have inspired me quite a bit. They are eight years old. They just turned eight. They are siblings. One is... uh, I will just say here that I write under a number of different names, so I actually have three stories in here. I don't want to confuse anybody, but I do. And uh, these are inspired by my cats, Mary Cat, who we also call Striper, and Tiki, who we also call Fang. We really do. We have learned that the cats know each other's names, and when they get competitive, it's best to call them by their alternative names. (laughs) And Mary Cat's theme in life is, what would you like to do for me? 
And Tiki's theme in life is, what can I do for you? She's the empath. And the two of them together really livened up our house, not always in a great way, but we've adjusted and they retained their kittenhood for a long time. And they think Christmas is just, oh my. I mean, we really have to watch what we do here at Christmas time with these guys. They're really sweet cats, but they're high energy and they kind of, you know, inspire each other to get into trouble sometimes. The thing with cats is on, you know, on Catitude, I've, I think I've had more shows about what to be aware of and be, you know, concerned about with your cats during the holidays than the fun things that the cats do during the holidays. Because always during the holidays, there's things you have to, you know, worry about, you know, tinsel, potpourri, the glass ornaments and things like that. And in reading these stories, a lot of people were concerned, but not crazy concerned, or they were learning that they had to be concerned. So I just heard so much of that, that reading some of the stories, I was thinking, don't they know they can't put tinsel on their tree because they have cats, you know? And then, you know, I don't know when the stories were written or or where or, you know, how long ago, because pre-internet days, not everything was communicated as well as it is today, where you had so much knowledge at your fingertips. So people weren't aware, you know, oh, geez, I shouldn't have tinsel because that could cut up my cat's intestine if my cat digests it. So it was nice to read these stories. And it was interesting. Also, some of the stories where, you know, people, and this was my fear when I first had a cat, people were concerned about the cats jumping and knocking things over. Well, there's plenty of that in here. The Cat and the Christmas Tree, we chose that as a title. It's one of the titles. uh, It's a title of one of the stories. But so many people with cats do have a Christmas tree story in terms of, you know, maybe they, well, I have friends whose cat just loves to sleep under the tree. I have other ones whose cats have jumped into the tree. I grew up with cats and Christmas trees, and my memory is they never minded them at all. And it may have been because they were indoor-outdoor cats, and maybe they weren't that impressed. But there are several stories in here of people having to readjust things, or at least say, I mean, it's really important, you know, it's important to say, Maybe I would like to have every fun, sparkly, small thing dangling all over the house at Christmas, but this cat or these cats are family members. I may as well be thinking like they're they're toddlers. You have to be careful. It's true. You do have to be careful. And you have to sort of, you know, rearrange your life in some respects. I never light candles anymore. It's really not worth it. You know, I lived in California for a while. I lived in San Francisco. I was in the 1989 earthquake. And after that, you look at a room differently. You just say, well, if the room shakes, what's going to fall on me? Well, that's how it was with my cats. I had to go, it's Christmas. Okay, here are candles. Here are dangling things. Here are flashing lights. What are they thinking? And you have to watch them and and think like a cat. And it's worth it. It's worth it. They're, they're fabulous creatures. I think they're one of the most fascinating animals on the planet. Very true. And I lived in Los Angeles for a while, too, and been through some earthquakes. And like I was saying before, one of my I grew up with dogs and, uh-huh. and no Christmas trees because I'm a really reformed Jewish person. But but I've, I've we've had them once or twice for decorative reasons, you know, but I love them. I love them. And I lights. I love them. But my concern with anything with cats is that my first cat found me. 
Dennis, which is how it happens, right? Dennis yeah. walked literally. Op- I heard meowing, opened the door, and he walked in. It was a cold February, as cold as it gets in, you know, Fort Lauderdale. Uh-huh. And, uh, he was meowing, and he opened the door. He walked in, and he's amazing. He's part Maine Coon. He's amazing. He's like he was a good starter cat for me because, as I yeah. said, because I've heard that Maine Coons are the dog of cats, and I thought this cat you could ruffle up and play like a dog, and he doesn't scratch or anything. So I thought he was special. Then I got more cats and found out he is special, but cats aren't really like that. You have to understand their personalities. Yes. My concern with cats is that they would jump all over. But I think I have lazy cats because they don't. I could like candles. They're not that interested. And we have the trees and all, you know, cat trees and everything. But I do absolutely agree that you do have to rearrange your lifestyle a little with any pet. Well, with most, I mean, I don't know about a turtle or lizard if they're in a, you know, enclosed thing, but with most, because if you have cats, are you going to get some super expensive sofa? No, because chances are they're going to scratch it. So when you go to look for furniture, you have to remember, okay, I have a cat that has claws and declawing is against, you cannot declaw. I, I, that's, horrible. Uh, So like you said, you just have to rethink. And holidays prove additionally challenging because like you said, you have more things that you hang up and you want to put out and decorate and you have to think, is it you know, cat proof or not cat proof, cat safe or not cat safe and your adjustments. You make a very good point when you say you don't get a brand new couch with a cat as a rule. And again, it, it really does it does require some extra thinking and the more cat claw posts you have around, the better off you're going to be. But I have to tell you, I, I guess, I mean, I could be house beautiful if I wanted to, but this is a true story. The most expensive piece of furniture I own besides my mattress is our cat tree. It's a Cadillac of cat trees. It has kiosks. It has beds. They play fort on it. They run up and down on it. And is it ever worth it? It means that your cat is central to your life. Now, again, I have had cats who were not that way. And of course, there are low places cats and high places cats. One of my cats is a low places cat. She never gets up high on anything. The other one, we can't keep her down. I mean, she's actually broken a wrist from jumping around, which I mean, how does a house cat break a wrist? But she did, you know, but um, high places and low places and everything in between. And, you know, you just try and watch your cat and understand that personality and put out as many boxes as you can, because, you know, they love those. Yes, we're going to talk about that after the break. But I don't know if I said it right. I did get a new couch, but when I did go couch shopping, it had to be dog proof and cat proof. Okay. 3D fabric, you know, not too expensive for the size we wanted. And, and that tweedy kind of fabric that if it's clawed, it's not going to be that noticeable. Nothing that's thousands and thousands of dollars because they damage it. They just do. I learned that with my my first pet on my own was a dog and he chewed, you know, puppy. She chewed a, an arm of some chair and I was devastated. Then I thought, it's her, the chair. What's, you know, what's the important mm-hmm. thing? All right, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, 
A thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Callie Smith-Brand about cats and Christmas. We're talking about the cat in the Christmas tree and other true stories of feline joy and merry mischief. Okay, let's talk about what is your best tip that you would say for compiling all the stories and the stories you've written and being a cat person and of your best Christmas tip for our listeners. Well, before I say all that, I thought of something when we were talking, and this is actually about dogs. I'll make it brief. I had a friend who had a puppy. She left the puppy alone with a Christmas tree and the presents. And when she came home, everything, every gift she had bought and wrapped was destroyed. And her father said to her, honey, this is on you. Yeah. And that's, I think it's important to remember that they are animals. They are precious. They are soulmates sometimes, but they're still animals. And you have to have to be careful with that. So yeah, how I get stories, if, if you're kind of asking that, once I come up with a theme, I send out a, a note to people I know who are writers, but I also keep my uh, eyes and ears open. Uh, I have a previous book in which I read a letter to the editor in my newspaper back when those things existed, letters to the editor. And a guy was about to talk about keeping your cat inside because of songbirds. And he started it out by saying, trust me, I love cats. My cat, Big Boy, saved me from a snake on Galveston Island. So I'm like, well, wow. And I found his phone number in the, again, antique phone book and um, called him up and said, would you tell me this story for this book? And he said, no, I'll write it. So he wrote the story. That's one way I get one is just sometimes things are in the news. I, uh, the woman in my town, the police said that her dog saved her life in a fire. So I called her up. So sometimes that happens. But my goals on these books, and especially Christmas, are feel-good stories. Now, it's not that there's never th- anything dark in these stories. There are. Life has death in it. I avoid pet deaths. People don't want to pay for that. Am I wrong? I mean, they just don't. So we try and keep it heartwarming, something to touch your soul, something to make you feel good about the holiday. And I'm able to find people who are both well-published and never published, which is something I personally enjoy. I personally enjoy when someone has a story and no one's ever bought it before. And I can say, look, we'd like it, you know, and it's pretty exciting to have a nice looking book like this with your story. And it certainly takes care of your holiday gifts. You know what I mean? So is that answering your questions? Yes. 
Okay. And then also, did you, in reading all of the stories, it's interesting to hear how you were able to reach out and find people for the stories. In reading all the stories, is there anything after reading all of the stories in this particular book that made you think for um, Christmas, that is a good tip. That's something I should live by or try to incorporate in my lifestyle with my cats during the holidays. I think possibly just really, this might not be something exciting to say, but a lot of people, you know, in the book certainly notice how these active and brilliant little beasts make you slow down. They make you hold them. They make you pet them. They've got a way about them where everything has to stop because they have jumped up on your lap. It reminds me over and over again about the, and this is scientifically studied, about the advantages of having a pet. And when you pet a cat, all these good chemicals in your system get going. And for the cat too. And that just, a lot of these stories do remind me that even in the the hustle and bustle of the holidays, you got to stop a minute. And if you've got a cat, they will make you, dog will make you stop too. You've got to take him outside and so forth. We don't have to do that with cats. But the cat just, you know, looks at you like, I'm sorry, I'm more important than all of that. Exactly. You know, let's get with it. So that's something I do take away from this. And and the book itself is, you know, conducive to just sort of settling down with a cup of hot chocolate, you know, curl up and read with your cats. So, you know, cats are, cats love paper. <laughs> cats love books. Let's do. So, yeah, yeah. Yes, they do. Okay, let's talk about, I'll have to say besides the ones you, stories you've written, but do you have a favorite because I'm going to tell you my favorite first while you think of yours. I love this story. And it's actually, I think, the last one. It's called Every Day is Boxing Day When You Live with Cats. And the last line was, and it came in a box. Yeah. I love that story. <laughs> I love that story. What is it with cats and boxes? I order a lot of stuff online, so I always have a box. And it's amazing how they'll just find their way into it. Like nothing's exciting except the box. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny over the years as I've studied, and I say studied, I mean, in my home, kept my eye on my cats. Yes, they love boxes. Although I had a feral cat who was terrified of boxes. She would walk around them. She wouldn't even look at them. I don't know what happened to her before we got her, but every other cat I've ever had, oh, there's a box and they hop in it. And uh, if we carry anything around in a box, we always make sure to invite a cat to jump in. They like to be carried around. But here's something interesting. We had a problem with our slider. We had something go on outside and one of my previous cats busted through the uh, screen door and wound up outside. Well, that just couldn't happen again. So we repaired the screen and we decided to put something over it to discourage them from doing this again. Well, we had some latticework wood that had gone on the skirt of the of the deck and there was just some extra left over. So my husband nailed that up on top of the screen. So now the bottom half of that screen is lattice work. And I felt bad at the time because I thought, you know, they're housebound. Yeah, we have a lot of windows. We have a lot of light. But now there's one more spot they can't really see out of until I watch them. That's the spot they'd go to. They preferred it. Why? Because they could see everything going on, but nobody could see them. And that's part of a lot of their behavior is that 
Unlike dogs who are predators by nature, cats are both predator and prey when they think they're sneaky. Well, yeah, they're complicated because they are watching out for themselves, which is why they bathe. That's why they bathe so meticulously so that a predator can't smell the food on them. It's not because they're just, you know, all that. They are trying to get, you know, odors away. But as a predator, they need to eat animals. Dogs can live on carrots. Cats cannot. They must have animal flesh. So if you've got that kind of complication in your personality that you have to have animal flesh and you're made by nature to want to pounce on it, and at the same time, you have to kind of keep hidden, well, there's nothing better than a box. There's nothing better than sitting behind the lattice work on my screen. You know, you could really kind of hide out and keep track of things at the same time. And there are some recent studies about cats, how they will go to a square. I did notice when I got my first cat, when we moved to this area, and the feral cat, she was the feral cat. I had a white bedspread and she was a tortie, so she was dark. And I'm like, I really don't want her on my bedspread, but I'm not going to tell my cat she can't get on the bed. So I put a towel down and she would always walk to the towel, always, because it was square. And they've done studies where they've taped off a square on the floor, set the cat loose, cat goes to the square on the floor. So it's quirky, but it's kind of consistent. That's interesting about the square. Yeah. I've not heard that before. What was your favorite story? I am really fond of the one of the woman who had, we're going back a couple of decades, a woman who had just moved to the South. She was a minister's wife and she had to have people in for, for a Christmas brunch. Whoever, you know, they're living in the church house, what do you call it, the parsonage. And whoever introduced her to the parsonage let her know she didn't like cats. And in the middle of the whole thing, the cat shows up. It's quite delightful and has a, a very good punchline at the end. I really enjoyed that one. Is it my favorite? I don't know. I liked a lot of them, obviously. I really enjoyed the different ways cats show up, the different ways they look, the different habits. Because we, we can say cats always do fill in the blank and then... They'll not do it, so they prove you wrong, make you a liar every time. It's that sort of non-predictability of them that I've enjoyed throughout these stories. But that one comes to mind. That one was nice. And I thought it was interesting. I think there were a couple stories where they did a couple of things to the nativity set. Like yes. they hid the baby Jesus once with yeah. water, I think it was. And yes. Then was, right. And then there was another one. Where and they kept hiding it, and okay, what's the meaning? Is it there some kind uh, yeah, special exactly. meaning, or yeah, no? I think that one was cat versus baby Jesus, and, and the cat keeps trotting through the house with baby Jesus in his uh, mouth and dropping him in the water. Yeah, that's pretty delightful. Yeah, and you wonder why. Yeah, and water is considered. I don't know about in biblical times. I am not that knowledgeable about the Bible, but it's it's like a cleansing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yes, yes, and yes. I think in most religions, there's a there's I know baptism. There's another thing in Judaism. I can't even think of what what it's called. But in a lot of religions, there's a, something to where you're using water to cleanse yourself. Yeah, and water and dreams represent spirituality. Yeah, well, you know, there's that also cat myth that cats don't like water. Yeah, um, you know, it's not really true. I know. I've seen swimming cats. Yeah. Yeah. What is the best Christmas gift that you ever gave your cats? Probably, probably something with catnip in it. We have people who send us for Christmas for years have sent us, well, my family would send us cat toys 
but God bless them. They didn't really understand cats. You know, my sister sent something that was, you'd wind it up and it would go in a circle. Well, you know, a cat needs syncopation. A circle is not exciting. So that didn't really work. But some of them sent uh, little little things with catnip and uh, we watched them. You know, not every cat likes catnip, but mine certainly do. The first time, the first two cats we had here in this area uh, were named Kit Kat and Lucy. And um, when we first gave them catnip, I thought I was back in the 70s. They were just <laughs> so stoned. So we just like, maybe that was a little intense. But the fact is, it doesn't hurt them. So I, they've always liked the catnip stuff. I mean, if I had all kinds of things hanging, they that would they consider that a gift. But you know, like I said, I try and try and keep the stress down for myself at Christmas with uh, things they could destroy, search and destroy. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, it just it just makes sense, you know, to be to make your house cat friendly yeah. during the holidays. All it should be all year long. You know, your cats, like for instance, you can't like candles. I don't have any problem with candles with mm -hmm. my cats. Cause they're, I think they're lazy. That's what it is. But <laughs> I mean, they have a lot of room too. We're in South Florida. So they have a catio and uh -huh. so they, have, they have like their own whole room out there. Oh, and that's excellent. Cat trees and everything. And they love oh. to spend time outside and it's outside, but it's enclosed because Sometimes I feel like I live in the rurals because there's, you know, raccoons and possums uh -huh. and, and iguanas. Oh, my gosh. It's, <laughs> yes. Do they go after the little lizards and stuff? If the lizards get in the house. Okay. Uh-huh. When my mother lived in Florida, we used to see on her blinds every now and then little green lizards. Yeah. Yeah, the geckos. And then there's the little brown ones that are everywhere when you're walking. There's just lizards everywhere. Because my cats would be thrilled. They'd be thrilled to see that. The iguanas are out back because like so many in Florida, I'm on a lake. And so the iguanas are there. And so I haven't observed them lately, but I'm sure they're loving the catio and watching all the iguanas and other creatures oh. out there. I know that we have two cats that are, one's feral, that was a community cat, Sammy. She won't do good inside. So she and Jethro, Jethro would, but I can't separate them. So they have like a house right by our house. Sometimes you have to accommodate your cats because it's yeah. just... And the others are all indoors. And so I looked out the window one night. There was a raccoon eating some of the cat food that was left. There was a possum and then the two cats. And they were all look, just looking at me. And I thought, okay, I'm going to make sure to feed them a little earlier and uh -huh. leave any extra because, you know, uh -huh. the feeder breeders that do that with the cats, for yeah. me, you have to remember there's other creatures too. So Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, that caddy sounds like a great idea. I'm in Michigan, so that we're not going to probably do that. But if my cats find out about it, they're going to want us to move south, you know. <laughs> so. Well, we'll send you some heat. So, hey. Callie, tell us about where people can find your delightful book and then um, about some of the other books that you've written as well. Okay. Um, you can get this book online at bakerpublishinggroup.com. That's the publisher, Baker Publishing Group. Com. You can also look up, uh, if you want more information, you can look up CallieSmithGrant.com. And on that, you'll see information on this book and other books and, an, and a sweet little trailer about this book. That's an aw shucks kind of trailer. Like I said, you can get information on those books there. The other books I have in print still that are anthologies like this. Just last year, we did a dog book and that's called The Dog Who Came for Christmas. 
And uh, again, they are always around 29 to 30 stories that are feel-good stories by a variety of writers. Right now, I'm pulling together a book called Second Chance Horses. In the past, I have Second Chance Dogs and Second Chance Cats. The Second Chance books do really well. People, you know, you know how people are these days, you know, they call their dog a rescue dog or they call their cat a shelter cat or whatever. It's a modifier of a little bit of pride now. Yeah. So the Second Chance books, and, and it's not just that you got your, your animal from a shelter. The Second Chance books are also, they have stories about how my animal helped me get a second chance. And then there are a few other titles that are Cat, Dog, and Horse, The Horse of My Heart, the Horse of My Dreams, and the Kitty Books. We've got The Cat in My Lap, Second Chance Cats, The Cat in the Window. And for the dog books, like I said, we have the Second Chance Dogs and also The Dog Next Door. In another year, I'm contracted to do a book on bird stories because during COVID, it just bird watching just became huge. I mean, casual bird watching, you know. They were running out of bird seed in the stores. So they agreed to contract, the publisher contracted that book. So that will be after the horse book. These come out about every fall. But these are the only two Christmas books, this one and the previous uh, dog book. I just want to say they do make great gifts. My Christmas and uh, hostess books gifts are kind of taken care of every time these come out. And it's true for the contributors too. And um, we just have a lot of fun with it. I never realized that the day would come when I could make part of my living dealing with the thing I love the most, which is animals. And I feel very, very fortunate. It's a wonderful book. The information for this book will also be on the episode page on popliferadio.com. So there'll be a page. We always have an episode page for every podcast so all the listeners know they can also be found on amazon and then if you have the fortune the good fortune to have a bookstore nearby they should be in the bookstore so okay great callie thank you so much for coming on catitude and sharing this great information well thank you so much i'm i appreciate it so much you have a wonderful thing going on here well thank you and have a merry holiday You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, cat lovers, you have to check out this book. This is such a great gift for any cat lover. It's called The Cat and the Christmas Tree, Other True Stories of Feline Joy and Merry Mischief. And as always, you can go to PetLifeRadio.com and go to Catitude. On this show page, there will be information on where you can purchase the book and, you know, a website link that you can click on and so forth. And I'd like to thank my cats that inspire my holiday joy, which is uh, Dennis, Charlotte, and Molly, and uh, Sammy, and Jethro. And then the non-cat, which is Nikki, but he does his share. So thank you, cats, for making my holidays always a bit um, unusual and fun. And hey, wishing all the Catitude listeners and all the cat lovers out there a merry holiday. And thanks to my guest, Kelly Smith-Grant, for coming on Catitude today. Thanks to my producer, Mark Winter, for making me and my guests sound amazing. And once again, have a wonderful holiday. And hey, remember, lose the attitude. Have Catitude. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.